Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast, your Namjoon Pike of NBA podcasts. Because while Al Gore may have created the internet, Namjoon Pike created the information superhighway. Go check his stuff out. It's pretty amazing. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Saturday, March 2nd. Happy March. March is coming in like a lion. Hopefully it goes out like a lamb. Um, And uh, yeah, I've been away. I'm sorry. Not literally away. I've just been away from my computer and away from the internet because I'm just focusing on other things. So as for instance, I started a new painting, Um, but don't ask me why. It's terrible. It's the worst painting I've ever done. Anyway, uh, ways to get in touch with the show. You can... Tweet at the show at Superflight Pod. You can tweet at me personally at Joe Borelli. You can follow along on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict. You can't follow on iHeartRadio because you have to pay for iHeartRadio unless you want to start paying me to do this. I am not going to pay for the service. So if you ask Alexa, she's not going to play it for you. Sorry. But you can follow it everywhere else. And you can listen anywhere you want to. If you go on iTunes, please rate and review uh, I don't know. And you know what? The other thing is, if you're rating and reviewing and it's not going through, please let me know because I know other people have tried to do this and it's not working. And I, I need to get in contact with iTunes somehow. They don't make it fucking easy, man, uh, to see what we can do to figure this out. Because I feel like there's a lot of reviews out there sitting just out in the ether with nobody to read them. And I want to change that. And I'd like to read them to you when you send me a nice tweet or an email or whatever the fuck it is. And a, a review, I would like to read it for you. Um, but whatever, it's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, all right, so let me, let me, let me tell you a quick story about the way that I perceive my world, which is to say that I have absolutely no sense of direction. So (laughs) I went out with my friend last night, um, and we got some drinks. We went to, I think I might've told you about Barcade before. We went out to Barcade again this time. We started the night at Barcade and we played the entire, uh, we beat the entire game of X-Men. You know, it's only, it's only like four levels. It's pretty fun. I was Nightcrawler. And he was Wolverine. It, whatever. We were just, we were there having fun. Barcade is a, it's an it's a 80s and 90s video game arcade place where you can buy really good beers, really strong, good beers and, you know, alcohol and uh, some food. With a lot of people in there. It was fun. We had a good time. And then we left there and we went and got some mussels that were so amazing. I'm still just like tasting the taste of mussels and calamari in my mouth right now as we're talking. I'm just like, it was one of the most amazing meals I've ever had. I love New York. I love eating food here. I love eating food in general, but oh my God, do I love mussels and calamari. Forget it. Uh, Anyway, so the point of the story is after we got done playing video games and drinking beers and eating and... um, we went our separate ways. We parted. My friend Jake went to his place. I tried to get home from lower Manhattan, where you think I would know how to get home from because I've been there so goddamn often. In fact, I'm there every single day for work. I've driven around the city. I drove around the city for eight years as a truck driver. I know my way around the city, but I know my way around the city when I'm sitting in a car or a truck looking at streets and signs and knowing which way the direction of the traffic flows, etc., and so on. I can get you anywhere in the five boroughs. I swear to God, I'm really good at it. If I'm walking somewhere, I am never so amazed at my own ability to get completely lost in a place where no one can get lost. I'm walking around trying to figure out how the fuck to get home. I'm pretty sure I was walking in circles, even though I was looking at my phone at Google Maps. I could not figure out where, all right, so 
to preface this, I might have been a little drunk. I'm just, I, there, there may have been a little twinge of alcohol that may have kept me from th- seeing things just exactly the way they were. But nonetheless, I was in the Lower West Side. I was in, I was in the West Village. I was walking through Greenwich Village, and I should know where the fuck I'm at. Couldn't figure it out. It's like midnight, and I can't figure out where the fuck I am at midnight. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Somebody please slap me. I ended up walking around for a while, past a bunch of places I've been before. I went to comedy places. I've gone to jazz shows down there, like Eaton down there. I walk by all these places, still can't figure out where in the fuck I am. I go on my Google Maps. I end up like, oh, okay, so here's the train over here. Where am I at right here? I think I recognize where I am, but I don't really know. I look at my Google map. It says, hey, the train's like two blocks that way. I look up and there's a Lenny's Bagels right there. And I know this Lenny's Bagels really well because I'm there once a week. And I was like, holy shit, I'm right here. The train is right there. How did I get so lost? Where, what? This is the dumbest thing. I'm telling you guys, I am just an idiot when it comes to walking around the city. An idiot. No, but I look like a tourist walking around the city that I've lived in for 11 years. I look like a total chump. I just don't know how to get my sense of direction to work. I don't know how to get my bearings when I'm walking. I don't, it just, it's the most, my wife, I was talking to my wife about it this morning and she's like, the funny thing is she, it used to blow her mind too. She's like, how can you not know where you are? And she's gotten used to it. She knows who I am now. She's, I'm always lost in the city in broad daylight. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I have like, you know, there's this thing where people like Chuck Close, the artist doesn't recognize people's faces. It's called face blindness, right? I work with a person who has a a small degree of this and she has to remember people by their jewelry, right? I don't know if I have some sort of like uh, GPS blindness, like uh, surrounding area blindness that, that makes me not know where the hell I am whenever I'm in the city. I mean, all these buildings just look tall and big, right? Uh, or, Or if it's just that I'm stupid, I can't quite figure out. The funny thing is when I was talking to my wife, she was, when we, whenever we go to Pennsylvania to visit my family, she has no idea where we are. We're driving down these crazy back country roads all over the place. I know exactly where I am when I'm in a car. I never get lost when I'm in a car. I go everywhere when I don't drive anymore because I live in the city. But when I do drive, I have a really good sense of direction. I can figure things out. When I'm walking, it's just forget it. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how my brain works. If somebody has any idea about how these things work, please tell me because I'm, I'm confused. I need to find a method to better find my place uh, in the world so that I can stay present and know where the fuck I'm at at any time. I, you know, it's never mind. Anyway, this is my stupid story. I hope you've enjoyed it. Also, there was one other thing I like to tell you guys, gross stuff. It's, it's the most disgusting thing. I'm sorry. I'm just going to throw it in there. I saw it like four days ago. It stuck with me. I was walking to the train to go to work in the morning. There was a guy standing right there at the platform or outside of the, the subway steps to go down. And he's just, he shoots the giantest fucking snot rocket I've ever seen in my life. Just like it was the most powerful gust of, of air blowing out of someone's nose. And like, it was a large man. He just like, and, and it was gross. And it looked like literally like a rock flew out of his face. It was disgusting. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, I wanted to get it off my chest so that I can stop thinking about it. So there you go. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, coming up shortly, Dan Morang, Danny Morang from the Blazers Edge is going to come on. He's on NBC Sports in Portland. He, he covers the Blazers pre and post game shows. You've heard him on here before. He hasn't been on in a while because he's a very busy man and it's, it's hard to track him down. But 
Me and Danny talk a lot about the Blazers, and then we talk a little bit about the Lakers, and boy, we both love to hate the Lakers, so you'll enjoy that. If you want to hear hear that, stick around to the end. It's, it's a lot of fun. Sorry, guys, I've been gone. I'm going to do another one on Tuesday, and I'm going to try and do them more regularly, and if James ever comes back from Europe, I'm going to do another Dunk Tales podcast with him as well. So, in the meantime, after this brief musical interlude, we'll be right back. Yo, yo, yo! What's up? Maybe I should have asked if you were ready to go first. <laughs> That's fine. You said to put my headphones in. Oh, all right. I'm totally fine, dude. Dan Morang, or should I call you Danny? Everyone's calling you Danny these days, right? So yeah, no. What's crazy is I grew up as Danny. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it changed to Dan. It just did. And then uh, I started doing the TV gig. And there was other Dans at the station. Oh. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to go by Danny again. And it worked really well because I started dating a girl that knew me from high school who knew me as Danny. Okay. So, like, Danny became the th- – well, then uh, Gulliver came on the podcast, and I went to high school with Gulliver. Right. And Ben called me Danny, like, six times during the pod. <laughs> And so Tara was like, wait, 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 did you just call him Danny? He's like, oh, did I, did I, did I do something there? <laughs> like, so I was like, yeah, well, looks like I'm going to go ahead and stick with Danny now. There you go. All right. Danny Morang, <laughs> welcome back to the super flight. I was What's up? honestly, I was, I was actually wondering, I was like, wait, when, when did you change your name? When did you start going with Danny? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess it changed when I like I like officially changed it. I think after Ben came on the pod, and okay. um, after that, like it just kind of coincided with the show, which is funny because I had people who were like, "Oh, look, he rebanded his name to sound more likable on TV," and I'm like, <laughs> "It's not that deep, y'all. <laughs> it's really not. It's just I don't want to be confused for one of the other three Dans at the station." Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, Dan, Danny, Meringue, Dan, Danny, uh, welcome back to the Super Flight. It's been like, I mean, listen, it's been so long since I've talked to you. Last time I talked to you, your name was still Dan. It's really. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. I've been trying to get you back on the show for a while, but you're really busy. And I totally understand that. It is what it is. Like, It's a cool reason to be busy, right? Yeah. Like hosting the pre and post game show for the team you grew up watching is about as cool as it gets. So. I, I'm not complaining, but yeah, I, I love being here, man. I love doing the pod with you. Nice. Thanks. I love having you on. So we should tell everybody that you, you can be followed at Dmarang on Twitter and they can, everyone, if they're in the Portland area, can catch you on NBC pre and post game show for the Blazers. Yep. Which is awesome. I get to talk to TV personality. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's wild, man. Cause I, I, I just kind of laugh at it when, you know, people that know me are like, Oh, big TV star. I'm like, it, that's, that's not the thing. But like, I'll be out and about on the town and people are like, oh, hey, you're that guy. And I just kind of like, I, I guess. <laughs> sure. Oh, you're okay. so modest. You're so that's... modest. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's a cool thing, man. I like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like the, the one thing I'm hoping for in life with this whole thing is like to get that mean Joe Green moment. Like I want the little kid to come up to me and like want to take a <laughs> selfie. 
<laughs> with a, what was it a Coke commercial or something like that? Yeah, I put a toss it in my towel. I can lean on. I can toss in my IFB. <laughs> nice. I got to tell you, the, the closest I've ever come to like any sort of <clears throat> excuse me, any sort of celebrity is I used to play in a in a cover band back in like the early two thousands. And oh god. Yeah. So like, I mean, we played a lot. We played, I was the lead singer and the lead guitar player. So we, we played like three nights a week and once in a while around town, people would be like, Oh dude, I love your band. I'm going to be like, thanks. I don't know who you are. You played <laughs> all of the Creed, didn't you? What's that? You played all of the Creed songs, didn't you? We may have played one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tried to keep it heavier though. We did some, we did some, uh, Deftones and we did some corn. I hate corn. I don't know why we, you know, all the, all the, the oh, new yeah. metal. Early 2000s alt rock. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. All the new metal shit. We played some like green day and I don't know, you know, you know, whatever was popular, blink 182, all that shit. Um, Maybe a little Metallica to mix it up, but yeah, it's. I mean, we also played. We also played uh, Kylie Minogue. What the hell was that really popular song she had? Oh God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and and it's getting hot in here from Nelly. We used to do that too, so perfect. <laughs> we mixed it up. Add add the uh, the new metal spin to it. I can dig it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was fun. Anyway, listen. Enough about us. Let's talk about the Blazers. Let's talk about this team that like everyone again for like the how many years in a row now is 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 overlooking the team that everyone 50 is years? fifty years. All right, fair. Yeah. I think that's about right. The team that everyone is sleeping on, myself included. So right now they're fourth in the West. If the if the playoffs started today, they'd be matched up against the Rockets, and we can talk about that later. But mm-hmm. there's six games out of first. Last time I checked, that may have changed in the last day or two since I sent you this outline because we were supposed to do this on Thursday, and I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I there I think they're only one game up on the Rockets now. So so they're they're hanging in there. I think they're they're ninth in points per game. They're seventh in three-point percentage, uh, fifth in offensive rebounds, which is, you know, fourth in defensive rebounds, third in total rebounds, which is huge. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's a huge reason why they're they're winning. Oh, they're murdering teams on the glass. Yeah, totally. Um, that, that's kind of been their MO this year. And yeah, and I think, you know, the only the only real downfall, I think, is they're, you know, middle of the pack. They're 16th in defense. So tell me why why we're all sleeping on them. Because they have two of the best young backcourt players. I don't even know if they're that young anymore, but CJ uh, and Dame and like, it's maybe the best backcourt tandem in the league right now, or one of them, like with the Warriors. It's it's, it's a top three. I mean, yeah, it's I, a top three. It, it has been for a while, especially on the offensive end. They give up a little bit defensively, but for all of the talk about how much they give up defensively, the shift in the NBA towards defense doesn't really matter unless you're like a true elite two-way Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis kind of player has kind of given them a little bit of a break. Because you can't be a top-flight defender without having like absurd length and mm-hmm. just the way the freedom of movement goes. And the re- reason why they get slept on is, is, and it's not like me complaining or anybody complaining. It's they're in Portland, man. Yeah, nobody back east is going to stay up till ten thirty to watch the watch the Blazers. They're an entertaining team, but because they lack that wing player that's truly dynamic and just like, oh my god, bounces off the paper, you know just a blast to watch. Like Dame is fun to watch. There's no doubt about that. Like when Dame gets hot, there are a few players in the league that are just more, I mean, people saw it during the all-star game. Mm -hmm. People were going bananas about, and that's, that's normal Damian Lillard. But outside of Dame, nobody really wants to sit here and watch CJ McCollum hit mid range jumpers. Right. Like I enjoy it, but it's like, 
it's not like this highly addictive form of basketball, right? Where you're just like, oh, I just can't get more. I, I have to see Yusuf Nurkic go up and under on something again, right? <laughs> right. Don't like I'm a I'm a footwork connoisseur. I love that stuff. But your general NBA fan is isn't gonna want to watch that. They want to watch a team out in transition. They want to watch a team get to the rim and dunk on everybody. They want to watch a team take 45 threes a night. Portland doesn't do any of those things. They are such a contrarian team at almost every level that they don't appeal to the the, the regular NBA fan. Right. And then, so they're in Portland. <laughs> no, and I think I think you hit on a really uh, a few really good points there. It's like you know why aren't they why aren't they more talked about? Well, yeah, people on the East Coast can't stay up and watch them. That's true. I watch them when I can. Whenever they're playing an East Coast trip, like I watch them beat the Celtics the other night more out of the joy of watching the Celtics lose than, yeah, <laughs> than anything. We but, enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable game. I love watching Dame play. And yeah, I mean, you're not, you're right. Like CJ is a mid range God and he's not a great athletic being. He's not going to hit threes from half court. Um, although he probably can on occasion. Um, Giannis gets more dunks in a game that CJ has on the season. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, there's not that dynamic athletic thing on on a- any single play. Like, Damian Lillard is pretty athletic, um, but that's also not. I mean, he gets to the rim, but he doesn't. He doesn't flush it often. He gets to the rim and he gets through guys, and then he lays it up. And like, it's he had a push dunk on Kawhi Leonard last night, and like, national TV goes bonkers uh-huh. because six foot one Damian Lillard dunked kind of on Kawhi Leonard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's that's like. That's like peak dunking atmosphere for Portland. <laughs> you know, every now and then you get a Myers Leonard alley oop. But right. for the most part, I mean, even they're big guys now with uh, Cantor and Nurkic. Like, it's nothing but just a train wreck of big bodies just slamming inside. And eventually it goes in because they just offensive rebound you to death. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't think people have talked enough about the the addition of Cantor to that team. He is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league and he's got some he's got a great game around the rim. Uh and I think he fits in perfectly with that system. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, reasons why people are sleeping on them. I you know, like there's not the super athletic wing. I mean, Damian Lillard is a superstar in his own right, but I think he's also underrated. Um they don't have some, you well, know, screw that. What's that? So I won't disagree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Dame is, and that's not even me just being like perpetual Portland guy. Like I, I I look at Damian Lillard. The perfect example is the the argument between Kyrie and Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that game alone just kind of shows you the standing of which Damian Lillard is at right now versus where Kyrie's at. Right. You know, and I I think you know when after that game, people are people are just comparing the two. They're like Kyrie and Dame. Who's better? Dame's better right now, right? But I think, as Andrew Sharp pointed out in one of his articles on SI, he was saying that the difference is, like, Damian Lillard sort of tends to fade in the playoffs, whereas Kyrie really steps up his game. I mean, if I had one of the two players to choose, I would take Damian Lillard every day of the week. Uh, and I just love what he brings to the team. I lo- Here's the big difference between Damian, Damian Lillard and, and Kyrie Irving for me. Kyrie is trying to be this... Um, pseudo intellectual trying to lead like lead his team but he's doing a really shitty job of it he's doing the the lebron james method of leading by throwing his teammates under the bus whereas damien and this is going to be another another point to why nobody like everybody sleeps on him he goes about his business he 
he doesn't throw his guys under the bus. He leads by example, and he has the whole team playing the same way that he plays. He's just a silent leader. And he takes the, the reason they're so steady and consistent and winning, I think, is I think it stems from Damian Lillard. I think and I think I forget the interview it was, but someone was interviewed and they, you know, from the Blazers and they're like, yeah, we just operate the way Damian Lillard operates. He's he's our captain. This is what we do. And when when Dame gets upset, you know, you've done something wrong, but he's always got your back. Stuff like this, you know. And it it leads to great team chemistry. It leads to them getting all. You never hear arguments out of that locker room. You never hear any of the like the the you know people nitpicking each other and complaints and and you know throwing each other the bus on, under the bus in the media. It's just they're going about their work, and I think that stems from Damian Lillard. I, you know, but I just think that also because he doesn't call that much attention to himself because he just is a workman like sort of character. There's another reason people just don't pay that much attention to to the guys in Portland. No, absolutely. I mean, Dame sat down with Chris Haynes the other day, and one of the things he talked about that obviously got a lot of traction is about his willingness to stay, not willingness, but desire to stay in Portland to make things work because he wants to do it his way because that's how he's always done it. And that kind of plays into the whole idea of who he is and how the team is built around him. And it's it's a really unique thing today that – I don't think a ton of of people really understand. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want to say I don't know that I necessarily even mean understand. It's it's more about the, the, the rings culture, right? Right. And I and I am very much pro um, championship or bust. Like I am a a full tank advocate. Like I I am fully behind all of that kind of things, right? Right. Dame wants it to be about his guys. He wants to do it his way. And, and it's not in a selfish way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in like the most unselfish way possible. And I think that endears himself to his teammates. Like the reason, part of the reason why Dame get, you know, or why the Blazers handed out contracts to Myers Leonard, to Mo Harkless, to Evan Turner, to Alan Crabb in 2016 is because Dame wanted it. Right. Dame wants his guys to be taken care of almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. And, I think it's something to be admired. Like, yeah, is it detrimental at times? Absolutely. You know, paying guys more than what they're they're worth production-wise can definitely bite you in the ass. For sure. But I think the guys there would also, you know, die for the guy. It, it's it's not like, like when you look around with the leaders in today's NBA, how many guys are truly beloved, like legitimately up and down on their rosters? Probably There's Steph Curry. Probably- Joel Embiid, probably Giannis, but there aren't yeah. there aren't that many. You're, yeah, you're talking about like top five guys. Yeah, yep. That's and even even then you, you look at a guy like LeBron and you're like, oh wait, you know, yeah, he's definitely LeBron, Le, you know, loved up and down the roster, where Dame is unequivocally loved, mm-hmm. and they they will die for that dude, and I, it's it's a cool thing. Totally. It's just a shame that, like, I think because of the, you know, I don't really understand the whole small market thing when we have the Internet and and you have access to everybody, like, so much more than you ever have in the past. Like, even in Oklahoma City, which is, like, the smallest market, you you have Paul George who just resigned to play with Russell Westbrook. And those two guys are two of the biggest stars in the NBA in one of the smallest damn markets. So I don't understand why, like, they couldn't entice a superstar to come play with Damian and CJ. 
it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I know that people always talk about like, yeah, Portland's a small market. Nobody's ever going to go there. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not exactly sure why. There's a couple things. Okay. First of all, like this is going to piss off plenty of people, <laughs> but the tax bracket, you are paying taxes in Oregon more than almost anywhere other than California and New York. Mm. In those two states, guess what you can do? Get that money back. Yeah. Real easy. The massive media markets, right? Right. Portland, Oregon is not that. They are the 22nd biggest market in the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, 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 that's not the play. And this is another thing that's probably going to rile some people up. But guess what? Portland's 90% white, folks. Yeah. That's that's a real thing. It's a. Like, I went to visit a friend out there years ago, and I was just coming from Brooklyn. Where I, live, I live in Bed-Stuy, right? I live in a very, very... Uh, racially diverse neighborhood. And like, it's, it's, I live in a very African-American neighborhood and I love it here. But I went to see him in, in Portland and I was like, where are the rest of the people who aren't white? <laughs> where is it? This is the whitest city I've ever seen in my life. It is the whitest major city in the country. And for a league that's predominantly African-American, for guys that come from predominantly African-American cities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. diverse cities, yep. uh, it's, there's a racial component to it. Like people, there are a lot of guys that just look at this and go, I, you know, I, I don't feel at home. I mean, Zach Randolph was, was a guy that was constantly looked at as a guy who was like, listen, man, this isn't for me. And he goes to Memphis and kind of revives his career and, and feels welcome in a place that's more culturally acceptable for him. Yeah. I mean, there, it's a real thing. There is the idea too, that like, if you're going out in public as an NBA player, like in New York, well, you can kind of, you can get lost a little bit. What's that? No, you cannot go out here. Right. It is exactly. the fishbowl of fishbowls. Right. Exactly. Not only are you the only black person you're in your, you know, in the area, you're also the tallest guy. So there's, you know, like, oh, that must be an NBA player because no other black people live here. Right. So like, I, I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you look at how, this city is kind of spread out mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. There are people of color here, but it's, I mean, it, unless you're in certain regions, you just, it's nothing, but like, it's, it's a meme. Like right. it legitimately like Portlandia doesn't get it. Like it's Portland isn't like that, mm-hmm. but to an extent it is mm-hmm. because nothing but, pipster white people (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's like there's a grain of truth to that and that does play into it but also part of the reason portland hasn't been in those competitions for you know getting a guy here is they haven't had the assets to to, to make the trade and they haven't had the cap space to make the deal like i'm not i'm not gonna let anybody off the hook for portland not getting the free agent because as a gm i'm a firm believer that it is your job to change the narrative mm-hmm. of you know this that or the other whether it's too white or uh, it's too small a market like as a GM it's your job to overcome those right 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 so I mean I don't know what you would actually do to change the to change the demographic there <laughs> but but yeah no, but you have to find a way to overcome that right right change like, the perception at least, at least or something yeah something make it land that one guy who maybe isn't the tier one guy mm-hmm and then build from there. That that's how I look at it. Right. I mean, and it's it's 
it, you know, they have a great start with Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum. I just, I, yeah, it's, I know there's going to be a lot of big name free agents this year and a, the, the Blazers probably don't have the cap space to, to sign anyone major, but boy, can you imagine if they get Kawhi? How, what, what, I mean, what would they have to do to entice him to come there? Kawhi seems like, I know everybody talks about him going to, to LA, but he seems like a guy that would be happy in a smaller market and in warmer weather than, than Toronto. I don't know. People are talking about him leaving. So I'm just throwing it out there, but I don't even think they have the cap space to get, to get somebody like Kawhi. What, what is their cap like right now? Cause I know they were, they were really maxed out last year. Portland is the fifth highest payroll in the league right now. Oof. They're 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 in luxury tax for the first time this year. Like the, the in the twenty plus years of luxury tax, they've done it. They've been in three times. This will be the fourth time. And I actually lost a bet with uh, Casey Holdall, who's the Trailblazers uh, in-house beat reporter. Right. Mm-hmm. I I was firmly believed that the Blazers would get under the luxury tax because they have traded away guys in the past at the deadline, or you know you know wave somebody here or there with a non-guaranteed or somebody with a bonus over the last couple of years to do everything they can to skirt under the uh, luxury tax line. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's one of those things where it's it's hard to sit here and be like, yeah, they're really pushing to be a contender when they're giving away guys right. who, talent-wise... Noah Vonley's a decent player, right? Sure. Like he's not—he's not great, but they—they they gave him away for basically nothing to the Bulls last year, so they could get under the luxury tax and not be inhibited by that um, tech qualifier. Right. So it's—it's it's one of those things that was a little bit frustrating, and and honestly, I'm 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 excited to see that Portland was willing to step outside that and do something this year. They they add Cantor, they add Rodney Hood. Mm-hmm. They did some things this year that I didn't think they'd be willing to do without giving up an asset or giving up a draft pick to, you know, dump a contract to get under the tax and add players to the roster. So for the first time in a long time, they showed the willingness to go out and do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it actually is a nice segue to, I wanted to talk a little bit about their bench and ask you like, is this maybe one of the best benches they've had in years. I mean, they, like you said, oh, they, they brought in hood, they brought in Cantor. They have Jake Lehman who can, who can, I don't know. I think he's, I it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's sort of a cult hero in Portland right now. Right. Well, yeah, because of what, okay. So let's, 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 let's rewind this just a little bit. Let's talk about okay. the wing situation. Yeah. So the wings in Portland for the last few years have been Maurice Harkless, Alfred Camino, both of which are capable NBA players, but mm-hmm. like you're looking in the, the pantheon of wings in the NBA it's it's the worst right. as far as starting wings go. Like that's statistically, they are the worst. Like the, you you do not get a ton of offensive production from those guys. They're very siloed. They're limited in what they can do. They're they're, they're capable NBA players. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But like if you're talking about wings in the NBA right now, the most you know valuable commodity in the league, arguably, they are just haven't been good in that scenario. So the bar for production. <laughs> <laughs> from wings in Portland is quite low. Right. So when you get a guy like Jake Lehman who comes out and is, I think three times this season had 20 point quarters. Wow. Really? I didn't even know oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The guy, and this is something that, that, that Dame has talked about is that in practice, he has been one of their most dominant players. Hmm. 
like he they, they they talk about how when he gets out there he's the guy who can just absolutely get red hot mm-hmm. in practice and it was just about opportunity they they asked Ed Davis when they played Brooklyn a couple, couple or well, a week ago now um, if he was surprised by Layman's emergency he goes no man it was always about opportunity with him like right. he, the dude can absolutely just get buckets. And his there's been this discussion about whether or not he should start over Harkless, um, like because I mean he's in the last I think the last twelve games something like that he's averaging like thirteen points a game on sixty percent from the field, forty eight percent from three. Yeah, I mean the Blazers lack in one particular area. That's the ability to cut and beyond cutting, cutting and finishing at the rim. Jake Lehman does it endlessly. I, I, looking through synergy numbers. He's been one of the best in the NBA. He fits the the profile of your typical white guy shooter, your JJ mm-hmm. Redick, Kyle Lowers, and like covers a just a metric ton of ground. Right, just these guys into the dirt, but also is a phenomenal cutter who finishes at the rim at an absurd rate. So you you take a look at all of the things that Jake Lehman gives you, and you're like, this guy's amazing. I, I want this guy to be a part of every single. <laughs> that we do because the bar has been set so low. Right. So it's, it's this weird situation. Yeah, no, but I mean, like he's averaging something like 18 points for the year, but in the last 10 games, at least he's, he's well in the thirties and twenties. So, and, and he's putting up good numbers, I guess, February 5th against Miami, he put up 25. That's one of the games I guess you were talking about. Was that one of the 20 point quarters? I believe that was like, yeah. he just, um, he just went, he just goes ham. Like mm-hmm. he goes, Absolutely nuclear in a quarter, and it's like, holy crap, what just happened? Right. Like he, he, he Jordan shrugged. <laughs> Did he really? Like, oh yeah, no. And that's the thing, like, like as far as like the little things when it comes to the Blazers right now, like I want Jake Lehman to embrace being that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a six nine dude right. who dunks relentlessly. Like he is, he has had some absolutely monster posters this year. Uh, absolutely yammed on on your boy on Boban last week. <laughs> yeah, like, that's it, true. That's it just one of those, I mean, it was just one of those things where like he just gets going in a game. He he does a weird celebration where he smells his fingers and then does like kind of a stink face. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> that's a really like, weird celebration. It, it's a really awkward, weird, strange celebration, but you know what, man? Like I want him to lean into being a little bit cocky. All to right. be character to be kind of a weird dude because he's offensively he's super talented and defensively he's done enough mm-hmm. to where he's passable in today's NBA yeah I mean and like you were saying the Blazers desperately need a guy like this and you're also correct yes. in saying that the the bar is really low because like I don't think Jake Lehman is going to be an all-star or a superstar by any means I could be wrong maybe I mean he's 24 he could still de- develop and get way better who knows um but, Passable NBA wing player. That's the bar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think says a lot about the state of the Blazers. But you know, in, like last year in, in in the playoffs when they got swept by. Here's another reason I think people are. I mean, this is maybe one of the largest reasons people are overlooking the Blazers is the fact that last year in the playoffs they got swept by by the Pelicans, and I think it just left a really bad taste in people's mouth. But I think he, could, if he was doing last year what he did, what he's doing this year, it would have been huge for them. Yeah, no, that whole idea of like that that Pelican series is 
still one of those things that drives me crazy because I still see people who say, wow, Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans just coached circles and executed circles around Portland, the Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Like, mm-hmm. no, dude, they took Damian Lillard out by sending three guys at him and everybody else not named C.J. McCollum didn't show up. Right. Like, other than game three, which Portland got their ass kicked, unequivocally, no caveats, they got throttled in game three. But other than game three, every game was a, was a coin toss game. Yeah. If, if anybody shows up, anybody shows up in those other three games, could Portland have won the series? Maybe. But we're talking about this much, much differently as opposed to, oh, they got swept by the Pelicans in the lower seeds. Like, right. It, it, it's literally one guy. And if a guy like Jake Lehman shows up and gets you some efficiency buckets because of how they overplayed the living hell out of Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. it's it's maybe a different series. And by the way, that that series was maybe the most exciting four-game series I've seen since the Pistons made it to the playoffs and, and got swept by the Cavs. Like, what was it, 2015? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It was a really competitive series. It could have gone either way at any time. And you're, you're absolutely right. They just needed a couple more guys to step up and, and do something. It didn't happen, unfortunately. But that was – I'm with you. It, it, they, they were a better team than they played against, against the Pelicans. But also, it was a it was really bad matchup. For the Blazers, I think they would have they would have made it to the second round playing against almost anyone else. Yeah, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo being thrust at yeah. Damian Lillard. I mean, you're it, talking about like I know Rondo isn't very good now, but he used to be one of the best wing defenders in the league, as well and as he was phenomenal in that series. Right, and and Drew Holiday is just a phenomenal wing defender. He's yes. so good and so underrated. It was a nightmare matchup for them. They, you know, Anthony Davis against Nurkic, and then yeah, Holiday and. Hollandae and Rondo versus CJ and, and Dame. I just like it, it. It was a terrible, terrible matchup for them. I think they just drew a bad, drew some you know bad luck. I guess drew a short straw. I don't Dame, know what the fucking Dame deserves a little, a fair amount of the blame because there there were times in that series where he tried to take it upon himself when the Pelicans said, "You will not take it upon yourself." Mm-hmm. They made that unabashedly clear. But wouldn't you want him to do that anyways as the leader of your team and the star exactly. on this team? You you yes. want him taking those shots. Like, you would yes. trust nobody else in that position. And yet- The problem was is that you get otherworldly guy in Anthony Davis, who's a nightmare matchup for Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where he's like, this is, this is problematic. But, I, I, again, I don't blame Damian Lillard or Coach Stotts. I, 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 I just look at it and go, man this anybody else shows up and it's a different series. The Pelicans still probably win. Probably. But you're the, the, the way it's framed is much different. Yeah. So do you think that like the, the casual fan or the average fan is like holding on to that idea that they got swept last year and just doesn't put oh, any, God. what's that? No, you, you need, you need, you need to caveat that. It, that's, that's the prevailing thought. I have to, right. I have to deal with that thought all the time. Yeah. Like it, it's one of those things where it's like, guys, I get it. They've lost 10 straight playoff games. I, I get it. They've, they've been swept in back-to-back years. I, I know. Like it's, it's one of those things where the, the idea of two small guards, how it can and can't work, blah, 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 mm-hmm. points, wings. Like the narrative is written. Like I've, I've, I've seen it for the last three years. Like it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I, it's in two Portland's credit this year where, I I get frustrated at what they've done in the past. They are trying to alleviate some of that concern by adding a Rodney Hood, mm-hmm. right? 
So they add a Rodney Hood. They, 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 they go left when the league goes right. Instead of trying to add another wing score, which just isn't out there and they don't have room for on the roster or financially, they go, hey, you know what we should do? We should get a guy that's just like Yusuf Nurkic and just absolutely annihilate teams at the rim. Yeah. Like, it's they're, they're trying to find innovative ways. Are they the best ways? No. Of course every team wants to add a Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Like, sure, that'd, that'd be awesome. I'd be thrilled. Like, adding Kawhi Leonard or Paul George to this team and you're, you're, you're looking at them being a legit title contender. For real. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, the offensive firepower and the versatility they would have up and down this roster would make that would they would just be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But Agreed. that's not something that's feasible. So you play on the periphery and you hope you can get something out of them. And so far, the, the Blazers have been, with the exception of the game last night against Toronto, very, very, very good. And hell, they were still very good last night. It was a good game against the Raptors last night where. If Yusuf Nurkic isn't just a complete ox and getting in foul trouble for you know every second he's on a court in the first half, then Portland probably has a legitimate chance to win the game last night. Hell, they had a legitimate chance. It was a one-possession game that took Kawhi Leonard hitting a ridiculous fallaway uh, contested shot in the corner. Really? For- I, I didn't get to see it. I, I was out being drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was a one-possession game where Kawhi Leonard hit a game winner. I mean, that's, that's what it came down to. And... Yeah. Raptors have been playing incredibly well. They, hell, they boat raced the Celtics right before the Blazers played them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where Portland is playing well right now. They they won that game with no Anna Cantor because of how crazy that whole situation is because the dude can't leave the country. Right. <laughs> like it, that like we didn't even talked about that. Like Let me the, well, you know what? Let's let's, let's let's talk about that real quick. I was going to ask you about about Enos Cantor. Like he's one of those guys that when he's on your team you love him, but if he's not Everyone in the league hates his guts. The epitome of that guy. Yeah. He, and it's not he, like the, the Draymond Green kind of like hatred where it's like, it's like truly warranted. Like, right. Just a dude that just you hate. Yeah. Cantor's is like more in the traditional, like he's our guy. We love him. He's your, if he's not, then you're just like, boo, Cantor. It's not like, oh God, <laughs> I, I, really, I, I hate that guy. He's a troll. And one of the things Portland has needed, like the only guy they have on their team who's remotely trolly. Mm-hmm. It's Yusuf Nurkic and Evan Turner. Turner like, is just flat out hilarious. He's just yeah. That, it, it's 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 more fun with him. Right. Nurkic right. is the kind of guy that get that gets under you know Ben Simmons' skin and just trolls his brains out. Like like, but Cantor Cantor adds that something. Mm-hmm. He's also he, we we talked about this when we opened up open up the pod. The Blazers the, their mo is just beating teams to death on the backboards. Mm-hmm. What does Cantor do? Beats team to death on the backboards. Yep. They, they just doubled down on what they were good at. They went from, hey, you know what? We're really good at this. You know what we should do? We should we just be the absolute best at this. Yeah. So, so you've got Cantor and Nurkic. How many, how many teams in the league can go 48 minutes with Cantor and Nurkic? Nobody. Nobody, yeah. No, no, nobody has the depth at center to handle those two guys for 48 minutes. No, it's tough for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a, a weird wrinkle to have to deal with because it's so counterintuitive to playing small. Right. No, I mean, and it's true. Like you have, um, you know, like you have teams that have a better starting center, like Philly or like the Nuggets or, mm-hmm. or OKC. But once those guys go off and they sit on the bench, then you still can bring in Nurkic or sorry, you can still bring in Cantor. And then who's just like Nurkic offensively. Just like Nurkic offensively. Yeah. And he's such a good rebounder, man. I just, I, 
Like, I like Nurk. I mean, I know he gives up a lot on defense, obviously, but he he brings something very tangible to that team, which is rebounding. And it's it's a huge advantage for them. And you're I, I like what you said about like if if you do something really good, you know, why try and do something else? Just really lean into it and make it the best thing you do. And it's it seems to be a winning formula for them right now. You can control rebounding based on effort and mm-hmm. position, skill, and talent. Like those are things you control. Now, you can't control the volume because a team, an opposing team, can get hot. Right. But you can get after the offensive boards, and that's what they do. Ennis Cantor yes. and Yusuf Nurkic are two of the best offensive rebounders in the league, hands down. Yep. They feast on it. If you look at other synergy numbers, both those guys, they're three most common scoring play type archetypes, however you want to take a look at it. Pick and roll, big man, post up, offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And both of them have been in the top five in the league over the last two years on points per possession and opportunities on offensive rebounds. That's 48 minutes of getting your ass kicked yeah. on the on the offensive rebounding glass. Like they're not just getting one or two a game. These guys are getting four, five, six, seven opportunities a game. Like that's got to wear on an like let's let's like not to throw your Philly boys under no, the bus. No, I was here. gonna bring up the Philly game. I, I was just gonna do Dude, it. Like, there's no Joel Embiid. Like how do you deal with that? Right. Like Mike Scott's gonna go out there and look at you like, are you serious? Like. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, no, and they destroyed Philly on the boards, man. I mean, they they out rebounded them by I I can I don't even know how many. I'd have to look it up. It was a ridiculously slanted number. Like they got every single offensive rebound, just about. Like obviously, Joel Embiid wasn't in there, but still. Yeah, no, but th- that's what I mean. That like that that that's what happens over the course of an NBA season. Yep. You have to have the 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 horses. Like Portland can't match up on the wings, and they 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 there's there's a shortage of that commodity. Mm-hmm. So. They, they went for another market shortage that they could compensate with by just doubling down on being enormous. It sounds like you're pretty uh, up on Olshay right now about the job he's done so far this season. This this season, he's done enough to, to at least show me something. Because in the past, I have beat him to death. Oh, I know. Every time but, you come on here, you're like, Olshay needs to go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh. and, I'm, and I still hold him responsible for the 2016 season. Yeah, that like, was a debacle for sure. Like that's, that was bad. It was, it was very, very bad. I mean, they're still Uh, paying for it, obviously, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is that I don't want to see the prime of maybe Portland's second best player of all time behind Clyde Drexler right now Mm -hmm. being wasted because of one execs mismanagement in one off season. Right. Like that's, that's how detrimental 2016 might end up being. Yeah. So it's one of those things where like, yeah, these moves on the periphery are nice, but here's the thing. Seth Curry's gone. Ennis Cantor is gone. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hood is gone. Like, Alfred Camino's contract is expiring. The Blazers have almost no contract room. Like, there is a lot of things that need to happen this summer for the Blazers. And it'll be very, very, very interesting to see what happens. Now, they have all this, you know, expiring money that they can use in, in potential deals. Mm-hmm. But that's still one of those things where you're just like, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to all work out in the end. Yeah. Well, listen, before we get there, let's t- let's talk about how. All right, so so as I was saying, if if the playoffs started today, they would match up against the Rockets. So right right now, they're they're a half game behind Oklahoma City, who just lost three in a row. Uh, the Rockets are coming on; they've won four in a row. So like those those positions could switch around a little bit, but it looks like they're destined to either play. I don't know. One of 
you know, the Rockets or the Jazz. So which of those two teams would you would you prefer to see them go up against? I oh, this is gonna sound crazy, but I'd rather see the, the Blazers take on the Rockets. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know why you wouldn't. They would destroy them on the boards. Exactly. And the 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 depth issues. Mm-hmm. Like and listen, James Harden is having an MVP caliber season. He may be the most dynamic score this league has ever seen. Right. Um, that doesn't mean I enjoy the way he plays. As <laughs> with most people, right. Logic, <laughs> but I can, I can acknowledge how good he is and how good he has been. Like, that's, that's not an issue. But, listen, man, these, these, these series clinching moments, these series clinching games... His track record is not good. Yeah. No, it's, and it, it's abysmal. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> like, so I, I'm inclined to go with that. Like, I just, I just think at this point in time, Portland's depth is such that they can outlast these teams. Like, Portland is legitimately 10 deep right now. And right. 12 deep if you count Myers Leonard and Zach Collins. There aren't a lot of teams in the league that have that right now, and it's 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 really weird to be on the the other side of that for once because Portland has struggled so much with depth issues for the last couple of years. Right, right, and even still, like their record isn't like astounding. They're, I mean, they're in the fourth spot in the West. They're not bad for sure. They're definitely good. But no, I, the Blazers had a, a train wreck start to, right. to this season. After they get off to a, a very very good start, and then they just fell apart for six weeks just bad basketball bad basketball bad basketball up and down and just what, like what happened there by the way do you do you even know what the reason was i thought they had some injuries right dame was out for a little no bit. no or, dame was out for a couple games but it's just i mean that's dame misses like four or five games a year right about time like that's that's kind of his mo but other than that he's an iron man like he is like the guy right and they were just playing an ugly brand of basketball. Then they decided, hey, you know what we, we should do? We should use Nurkic like a, a point center, like the Nuggets do with Jokic. But obviously he's not on that level mm-hmm. of a pass. But he's a hell of a passer. So the Blazers all of a sudden start utilizing Nurkic in the high post, pinch post, mid post as this you know, secondary facilitator to where teams couldn't just use the Pelicans blueprint of blow up, pick and roll with Damian Lillard, win game. Right. And then all of a sudden the offense starts opening up and the Blazers start winning games and winning more games. And it's like, hey, this is fun. Let's let's do more of this. (laughs) And the offense became much, much more dynamic. Mm -hmm. And they started doing more of these types of things. And it was it was a fun, fun opportunity for the Blazers to explore with something new and something different that was enough difference that Teams didn't know how to counter it. And now they add Cantor, who plays in kind of the same manner. And so they can keep it going with their second unit. Mm-hmm. And Portland hasn't had a second unit eh, since maybe Damian Lillard's second year in the league. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's all these different things that are going around. Stotts is trying to work in new guys. Or they're working in new schemes offensively. The, the the defense is is the big one because I mean we we, we talked about the size of Damon CJ right right like that they give that up that's, they're always going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage on the defensive end just based solely yeah. on their size but one thing that Nurkic does not get enough credit for is how good he has been defensively like Nurk is 
a a very good defender when you consider what he has to cover up for mm-hmm. defensively. So it's it's an interesting thing where they they have to they have these weird shortcomings, but they have these ways of compensating that are that are very very different than the rest of the league because of how their roster is constructed. So they're they're prone to these wild fluctuations. And they can play some of the best basketball you've seen in the league, and they can play some of the worst. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that's every team, doing? right? <laughs> any, yeah, but, on any given night. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. They have an ability to take pretty basketball in one quarter and turn it in some of the worst things you've ever seen. You're just like, like I, I know you didn't catch it last night, but there was a section of plays last night where Alfu Camino on four straight possessions just was a basket of cats. I don't and know what that it, means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alfaruk Aminu, Alfaruk aminu harder than Alfaruk Aminu's ever Aminu. That, that's, that's what happened. Okay, right. so he dribbled it off his own feet twice, trying right. to take Kawhi Leonard off the bounce. Uh, missed a wide-open layup, and then stopped mid-play to complain about a foul after he lost the ball resulting in a 9-0 Toronto run. Mm. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. It's not great. It doesn't sound great from this end, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like I, how do you what I mean, but like, you know, it, and it's just like the vacillation of 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 batshit crazy that this team can go through at times is <laughs> so hard to fathom. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think it's I don't think that's uh, exclusive to Portland basketball, dude. Have you watched the Sixers all year? They've been a, a maddening, maddening. I had way more fun last season when they when they were not expected to win and they they rolled off all those wins. It, it was it was amazing. But this year, you come in with all these expectations, and they just keep fumbling leads away in the fourth quarter. It's it. I know how you feel. Expectations are fun, aren't they? Oh God, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst, man. Having expectations. Like, this is why people ask me why I'm so depressive. Because I don't want to get my expectations up. You know, like, people expect shit of you then. And it's not going to be fun when you let them down. I'm sort of kidding. <laughs> but. Yeah, no. I, I, I completely get what you're saying. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I just want this team to be building towards something. Yeah. And so there's That's my. There's my question what do you think what do you think their 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 ceiling is this season i mean do you think well, how far do you think they make it in the playoffs and if and if they get bounced early what do you think happens in the offseason okay let, let, let's take let's take the, the negative first sure if they get bounced in the first round stots is gone mm-hmm. which sucks because mm-hmm. i love stots i think he's a fantastic coach you you can't find a coach with a better relationship with a star player mm-hmm those the Damon Stotts love each other. They understand each other. They work incredibly well together. They have just a belief in each other that's perfect. Like it's it's everything you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ's probably traded. Olshay's probably fired. Mm-hmm. Like those are the, that's that's probably the order of things. So we're looking at the nuclear option if they get bounced in the first round. If they get bounced in the first round, the first option is Stotts is gone. Do you think they know this? Do you think this is, like, A, do you think they know this, and B, do you think that puts any pressure on them, added pressure that they don't really need? Yes and yes. Ugh. But I, I think that the pressure may be warranted 
because sure. of the narrative around it. Like they have to do everything to get around it. Mm-hmm. Realistically, they should win a first round matchup with just about anybody that they play realistically. The one that scares me is OKC. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but the length and athleticism of OKC is the thing that bothers Portland the most. Like guys who can just get downhill all game long. Yeah. Now the playoffs are a different beast, but that's that's a weird matchup for me. And it's the same reason why I don't like Utah. Like I like right. I think Portland is better suited to play Houston over Utah, but I still would rather Portland play Utah or Houston over OKC. <laughs> and realistically, if they get Denver in the second round. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like Denver's a very, very good team. They have yet to prove a damn thing in the playoffs. It's true. They're getting a lot of hype. They're getting a lot of credit because, like, you know, Jokic is pretty amazing. But I, and they're deep. They're definitely a deep team. Oh, but... they're the deepest team in the league. Yeah, uh, hands down. I, I, have, I have no problem saying that. And I think what they've done there is great. I think Malone's probably second in line for Coach of the Year. Jokic should be getting more MVP buzz than he's getting, which is basically none. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I still the, the team that, that that scares me is not Denver. It's not Utah, it's not Houston. It's it's OKC and because of yeah. the 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 star power of PG Russ and their just pile of like 6 foot 8, 6 foot 9 dudes who can seemingly just run at you all game long. Right. Exactly the same thing that they faced last year in the Pelicans. It would be a matchup nightmare. You're looking at a bunch of long, really athletic guys who are good on deep. That their, their defensive has been stellar all season. So they would scare the shit out of me too. Um, if they make it to the second round, do you think that gives them another year to try and run it back? See if they can add a few more players. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, that I mean, I think that's what they're all hoping for because when you look at how things sit right now portland is giving or getting all of their contracts to come off the books next summer mm-hmm. not this not this coming summer but so you've got this is when all those those contracts are viable like as far as trading right so even turner maurice harkless uh, uh myers leonard they're all those contracts are coming up in 2020 hmm. so if you're going to add to this team this is the summer to do it like you can do it going into the trade deadline but if if there's a team going into next season knowing like, hey, we're not, we're not there. Right. Let's let's reset. Let's get some things off our books, and let's just kind of see how how it goes. Because look at every single player of consequence who was traded at this deadline or coming into the season. What what accompanied it? Dead money. Right. Expiring deals. Every single one of them. It's it's one of those things where it's it's like, yeah, I'm 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 okay with this. Yeah. Let, let's let's see what happens. And realistically, if they get the right matchup, like best case scenario, and this isn't me being the homer, this is saying everything breaks their way. If they make it through the first round, I like their odds to get to the Western Conference Finals. They'll they'll be the lamb to the slaughter, but <laughs> I, I, but I, it wouldn't I, be a bad I, you know it wouldn't be a bad place to be, right? Well, no, if, being the Western Conference Finals is still that's a, that's a feather in the cap, and maybe it's enough. Maybe it's enough to convince a guy. To accept a trade. Right. To, to say, you know what? I'll give Portland a chance. They legitimately are one player away. And so, you know, everybody talks about, well, you know, you have the money. It makes sense. You know what? What happens in all those back rooms? You still have to talk to these players. You still have to talk to these agents. They still have to be willing 
and wanting to come to Portland to play here. But if you make it to the Western Conference Finals and there's there's a, a, a hint of legitimacy to it, then you can look at it and go, hmm, maybe maybe that is the place. Because the Blazers win these series a couple years ago against the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Chris Paul was MIA and Blake Griffin's not around. Yeah, that's woohoo. Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, sure, it's a playoff win, but everybody looks at that and they just stamp a giant asterisk on it. Right, 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 right. But if, if you make it to the Western Conference Finals this year, you're going to have to beat some teams that matter. For sure. I mean, they would have to beat either Houston or, or uh, what did we say, the Jazz, or and then or, second or, round you get or go ahead or Denver or Denver. Saying, well, in second I mean, round, I would I would think you'd probably going to be matched up against <laughs> Denver, right? Realistically, yeah. I mean, I think that's where this is going to get weird. I just pray that the Warriors don't just like, nah, we don't give a shit and fall to the two seed because that screws up everything, yeah. right? <laughs> You're yeah. just like, Portland does everything they can to get the three seed. So they, so they miss the Warriors, you know, as the one four. And then on the last day of the season, the Warriors drop a game, the Nuggets win a game. And now all of a sudden you're looking at the second round matchup with the Warriors and you're like, well, crap. Yep. <laughs> we tried. We tried. That's nice to not roll our way. Those little things matter. You have to hope that the basketball gods break your way. And the Blazers, I think, for the first time in a while, are doing enough things to where they're not they're not pissing off the basketball gods, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and I, like, I, I half joke about that, but I think there's some truth in how you go about those things, like how you build your roster, how you take care of your players, and then things of that nature. Sure. And there's also the idea that like just putting yourself in the position to go out there and play is something in itself because you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like guys can get suspended for for doing stupid shit or like god forbid injuries happen i'm not i'm not a really Steph Curry's ankles are like the 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 unicorn of this world yeah there you go i'm not i'm not sure what that means but yes (laughs) think about this the warriors don't get him at that price if his ankles are made of glass the first couple years exactly i've said this many 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 times yeah everything had to break just right for the warriors to be in the position they're in now and that's you know it's it can work exactly the opposite way too. If you happen to be in the playoffs and you're that team that's just coming up and you have a really, you know, stacked team against you, anything could happen. You have to be there to, to experience. You'd have to put yourself in that position in order to maybe make it to the next round. So it, you know, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Portland and I'm hoping that they're going to, you know, make a deep run because I think they deserve it. And they've had some pretty bad luck over the couple last couple of years. Uh, but we don't know, you know, and I just think putting themselves in that position is going to be way more valuable than anything. Yeah, and that's it's all about, you know, getting that that ticket in the dance, right? Yeah, exactly. So, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Cool, man. Well, do you want to talk I know we talked a lot about the Blazers just now, which was the intent. Like I haven't talked about the Blazers all year and I've been trying to get you on. <laughs> Because everybody wants to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Right? Well, I feel like, listen, I we, people ignore them, so I've given them their just due for about an hour now, and I think, I think, yeah. you know, you know, Portland. There you go. This, this is this is your calling card is to this, do something good in the playoffs. Is this the portion of, of the pod where I get to shit on the Lakers? Yes, please. Let's shit on the Lakers. I want to talk. I want to talk to you about the Lakers quick. Woo-hoo. Please. So I, uh, I hate this team. I've always hated the Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Lakers guy. I mean, listen. I love the NBA. I root. You know, I root for every team sort of in my own little way but there are teams being a Sixers fan that I just fucking hate and the Lakers is one of one of the top two the other one can you guess yeah it's obviously Boston yeah (laughs) so I get it but 
I, the, the Lakers crushed my dreams. You know, yeah. Western Conference Finals, yeah. Shaq, Kobe. Like I was, I was booting up AOL to get on Ticketmaster's website. You know, in the, in the early 2000s, yeah. to buy finals tickets when that fucking 14 point lead disappeared. <laughs> okay, so I hate the Lakers. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Southern California. I live in obviously just outside of Portland now, but like I was, a, I grew up in Showtime Lakers, and I still hate the Lakers. So <laughs> that that's is like com- that's commitment. Rank my 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 hatred for the Lakers. Like it's very high. The only team in, in professional sports I hate more than the Lakers is the Patriots. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my uh, god. By the way, like, just a quick aside. I'm I'm so happy for Robert Kraft. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm I'm glad he got his, he had his fun. He had his fun. I'm you know, listen. It, it just right. make, it it sort of renews my faith in humanity that like all you know like all not all bad deeds will go un un un. Uh, what's the word? What's that? Unpunished. Unpunished. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. A come up, a come up, is is a very welcome thing on occasion. I'm the biggest one. I obviously want to see is for our moron in charge. But anyway, yeah. we're, this is what happens when you talk about the Lakers. It makes you think about all the evil You're in the world. Angry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rationally, exactly. Listen, okay, so Lakers suck. I'm loving it, but they should be a way way more fun team to watch. Um, I tell me what you think about the job that Magic and Plinka have done. Because for me, oh, I, I'm all about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just sabotaging their young guys, yeah. trading away uh, D'Angelo Russell and Mozgov. You know, uh, letting Randall walk, letting the guys of talent and consequence. You know, mm-hmm. go find another home. Singing the praises of Lonzo Ball. Like I, Lonzo was never a guy that I was high on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I bashed him plenty. Is he a capable NBA player? Sure. He's a good uh, defender if he can stay healthy. Sure. But, like, how much does that matter, really, in the NBA now? Like, I, on, this I, te- I, on their I'm, team now, it would matter a whole lot. But yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. But, I mean, grand scheme. Like, it's just – it's not that important. Like, and I'm, I'm a, a throwback guy. I love post-game. I, I love, you know, good defense. Mm-hmm. But the way the game is called right now – for, for at least for me, you have to be a no bullshit elite defender for defending to really matter. Yeah. You have to have the impact of a Gobert, a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, a Draymond Green peak play, like for defense to make up for being so bad offensively. It's kind of so true. You, so you've got him. You've got Ingram, who is a nice player, but eh, you've got... I mean, Ingram's, Ingram's having better games of late, but I'm still not. I'm still not convinced of, of Ingram's game. I, I'm. I'm not convinced he's any good, and I don't think he's ever. He's gonna... an NBA player. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that's 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 any kind of stretch of the imagination. Sure. You, you've got Kuzma out here, who's like, what Carlos Boozer with a handle? Sure, it's a good comp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I like Kuzma a lot more than Boozer, but, but yeah, but I mean, like as far as production wise, right. they're, they're they're kind of the same tier of guy mm-hmm. uh and i know that'll there'll be people who go crazy you don't watch laker games like no i watch more of them than i than i want to <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like i, I i'm nest, i'm like I'm, I'm purposefully throwing shade yeah, because yeah, yeah. Like, what they've done like they've, they've made the wrong move at nearly every turn but but they got lebron yeah, yeah you got lebron who doesn't give a shit right and, and the reality setting in for these lakers fans has been wow 
I know. Like, <laughs> like guys like Justin Rowan, who is, you know, yeah, yeah. the face of, of Cavs Twitter, like seeing this coming from a mile away, having to having seen it for the last couple of years in Cleveland, knowing mm-hmm. full well what it meant for them, for the Lakers going forward, is just fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, I think I talked like, to him last I, year when the, the whole thing was happening with LeBron and he was about about ready to leave. And he was, you know, Justin was saying something about like, yeah, good luck to the team that gets him because this is what he brings to your team. He The second he got there, he 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 brought in Rondo. He brought in oh, Lance. The, Lance, the triumvirate of, of knuckleheads. Triumvirate of yeah. knuckleheads. Beasley. Like, yeah, Beasley. Beasley. Oh, my God. Beasley's not yeah. even there anymore, right? He's now in – isn't he in China, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what – dude. That deal there, so – what is it's uh yeah i mean and i i love watching it fall apart the, i do so do i but the thing is, the thing that's a little bit sad for me though is i've been a really big lebron james fan for most of his career i think he's an true. incredible player and i did want to put him number one just because like it's the guy that i watched right like i, I didn't really watch basketball when mj was was playing so i was like yeah i'm ready to put put lebron up there he's done some amazing things that no other player could do the one way you could destroy your own legacy is by doing the exact fucking thing that he's doing right now. He's causing havoc no matter where he goes. He's not playing at all on defense. And by the way, I know people are like, you know, constantly talking about who's better, MJ or LeBron, blah, 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 blah. And when people cite the idea that like MJ would never just stand there on defense, you have to pay attention to that because that's all LeBron does. I get that he's saving himself for the playoffs. I get that he's trying to save his energy. But while he's doing this, he's about to not make the playoffs. He also tried to trade his entire team for Anthony Davis, which backfired. And now all of the guys know that they're not going to be there next year. They're all pissed off. And like you've destroyed team chemistry. Nobody likes you. No superstars want to go play with him except for Anthony Davis. You've got Jeannie Buss at Sloan right now talking about how literally every part of the reporting around the the Anthony Davis proposed trade is is false. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, you've got Genie out here throwing every media member in L.A., the ones that are plugged in and the ones that aren't, under the bus. <sighs> She's throwing Rich Paul and LeBron James under the bus. Like, it's like it's 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 uh, it's the kind of theater that it's just you can't look away from. It is the train wreck that you can't look away from. It's right. it, everything about it is awful and amazing at the same time. It is. It is really amazing. It's, into a better franchise. I know, I know. And the only person who's really benefiting from this whole thing is Kobe Bean Bryant. He's probably <laughs> sitting at home laughing his ass off. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's one of those situations where you you literally couldn't write the script. Although I bet LeBron has tried. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he probably has a scriptwriter when he goes home, just like, hey, let's. I mean, <laughs> not to get too into the weeds on this stuff, but I mean, like, did you see the video LeBron released with two chains? No, I didn't. I I did not see this yet. Okay, so. It opens up with a date and a timestamp on it. Mm-hmm. And do you know what the date and timestamp was? No. It was the night before LeBron missed the game against the Warriors for, uh, for load management. <laughs> it was at midnight. Wow. And LeBron's in the studio with two chains the night before playing the Warriors when he's going to miss the game for load management. Right. Like, you you can't write this stuff. No, it's, it's absolutely insane how far the the lengths that they've gone to, the things that they've done to just sabotage themselves. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable. I don't understand what the hell is going on there. Just, I think it's just 
exactly what happens when you let a superstar do whatever the fuck he wants. And this yeah. superstar is only there because he's finishing up his career and he's more interested in doing things outside of basketball now than he is. I mean, and that's fine. That's that's his right. He's done. He's had an amazing career. It's not even over yet, but he's had an amazing career. He's done some incredible things in the league. He's been a huge social advocate, opened up a school in Akron. Like, I, I have a ton of respect for the guy in some mm-hmm. ways. But at the at the same time, he just creates so much chaos. He sucks all the air out of the room. I am. I know last year I was a little bit clamoring for him to come to the Sixers. It looked like there was going to be a chance. But at the same time, I was always like, do I really want the circus that comes with LeBron to come to Philly? I am so happy he went to the Lakers. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I'm just like, if I had to watch this every day, I would be miserable. And it, I mean, if you watch Lakers Twitter right now, they, they are calling for Luke's head. By the way, Luke is out. Luke is, there's nothing that can save him now. Honestly, no. Do you think that the Lakers actually make the playoffs? Because the longer this goes on, I don't think they're going to get there. It's going to be close. The thing, the, the crazy thing is they need help. Yeah, yeah. We need help. Like, that's... They're, they're right now, they're in the 10th position. They've lost one, okay? So Sacramento's uh, a game ahead of them. I, I don't know, man. Like, Minnesota's... Minnesota's just a game behind. Like, those three teams right there are just within one game of each other. Um and San Antonio, I don't hey, think I don't think it's going anywhere. No, I mean San Antonio's kind of moving off. I mean they they let they let Powell walk for nothing. I think they're just kind of they're just trying to make guys happy at this point in time. Like if any team's going to bow out, I think it's going to be the Spurs. Yeah, I it's, I, it's, I, I guess I can see it. But still, they're they're three and a half games out of the eighth spot. And oh yeah, no, there's not a lot of games left. The Lakers have like what twenty one left. Like yeah, and that's, they, that's that's a lot of ground to make up in a short amount of time. And they have the tenth. Most difficult schedule coming up. They have games against uh, the well. They played the Bucks last night. The Raptors, the Golden State Warriors, the Nuggets, Oklahoma City, and Portland. Right? They don't have mm-hmm. an easy schedule. I think the weakest team they play is probably the Suns. Uh, I mean, they have the Suns, they have the Bulls, and they have the 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 Knicks and the Wizards. But still, I think like it's it's a pretty rough schedule. And if you're if you're comparing them against Sacramento, who's got the 28th easiest schedule left. I don't know, man. I think Sacramento might be the team that gets in there. And I would not hate that. I would absolutely be rooting for I Sacramento. I think NBA Twitter would love to see that. I think from a league-wide standpoint, it would be detrimental, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Uh, but to have the marquee brand and have all of the noise around the Lakers and then them not make it, you'd get the initial groundswell of coverage. But I think there would be a lot of people tuning out and what that would do ultimately to LeBron's legacy, fair or not, would, would man, it, you know, Matt. it's it, it's it's terrible because like he's not he's not at the Jordan uh, Wizards or Jordan what was it the Bullets when he was there Washington whatever. yeah yeah I mean Washington yeah it, it's not he's not that far along in his career yet right he's not ready to retire he still has a couple more good years in him i don't know like he's, if you see him if you saw him play last night i saw highlights he still looks as explosive as ever so it's not like he's really rapidly declining it's just the shit show that he's created and the disorganization within the organization that's that he's solely responsible for i i just think does so much to damage his legacy yeah absolutely i i, I don't disagree at all like it, it's just one of those things where it's like maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he, maybe he, he thinks it is that maybe the legacy in his head is what it is. And he's okay with where it's at right now. Sure. And like who, who has the right to question that? Like it's, 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 it's his. 
but from my own selfish belief, like I'd rather not see that. Yeah, of course. As a as an NBA fan, like you want to root for for LeBron to go down in the in the annals of history as the best player of all time. He there's also the idea that maybe he's we know he's a very smart guy. We know he likes to play the long game. And he's not always that subtle about it. Maybe he's actually just biding his time until this Golden State Warriors team kind of splits up a little bit. Because if I don't think Kevin Durant is going to come back next year. So there's... I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. You don't think that's the case? <laughs> but if I mean, you think about it, like they won't be so- as stacked next year. He might have a chance with a little bit better team with Anthony Davis. He's probably just like, you know what? This, this year doesn't matter. I mean, that's what most people were saying coming into this season. True. But if you, you've talked to anybody associated with the Lakers to start the year, LeBron was going to be a small ball five. He was really going to try. It wasn't going to matter this time. It was going to be different because the Lakers are exceptional. Like All of the just absolutely trite bullshit that mm-hmm. was associated with being with the Lakers <laughs> was just blah, all over the wall. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. No, no. And you just go down the list of things. And it's like, <sighs> it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was very rough. Uh, but I enjoyed every second of it. Like I said, like I enjoy the Lakers shot and fruit. Like that's, it's, it's fun. And I have no problem admitting it. You and me both, man. I'm like, listen, I watched the last two Celtics games just to watch them lose. Just to make <laughs> And I watched, I, I can't stay up late enough to watch this, the, the Lakers. But if I could, man, ooh. I would be I would be loving this right now. Anyway, Danny, listen, I should let you go. We've been on for a long time. Thank you for talking to me about the Blazers and about the Lakers and how much fun we're in we're having enjoying them or watching them fall <laughs> apart. Uh, Thanks for having me. Why don't you plug your stuff real quick and I'll, I'll let you get out of here. All right, man. Uh, well, you can find me, like I said, on NBC Sports Northwest for the pre and post game show with the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, it's live streamed on Facebook if you're out of market. Otherwise, you can find me on Blazers Edge, BlazersEdge.com. I host the podcast there, feature writer there. Actually, just had an article go up as we were talking. If you heard a ding come through, I apologize. That was my editor pinging me and letting me know that uh, I need to edit my stories better. (laughs) (laughs) um, Just a little feature piece on uh, CJ McCollum and a little series I'm doing on signature shots around the NBA and how unbelievably good CJ McCollum is at floaters. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's where I'm living at nowadays on NBC and, uh, at, uh, Blazer's Edge. Nice, man. That's awesome. Uh, I will check it out. And thank you again for coming on. I'm going to pause this thing. There you go, everybody. Danny Morang. Go check him out on all those places he just mentioned. That's going to do it for me for this week. It's Saturday. So Tuesday, I hope to have another one out for you guys. I'm sorry about me being lazy, but I'm getting back into the swing of things. So until next week, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>